Hello, and welcome back to Deep Lorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And today our topic is the Muppets. Billy, can you give our audience a brief rundown on what the Muppets are for those who do not know? I'll try. So yeah, Muppets... it's a hard, that's a hard one to, to, to piece yeah. together, isn't it? The Muppets are a cast of, they're an ensemble cast of puppet characters known for their absurd and self-referential style of variety sketch comedy. Yeah, that's about the size and shape of it. Yeah. Research on this topic has been interesting. I definitely took this in a direction of trying to actually isolate like the lore of the Muppet verse. The Muppet verse is what I've been calling it just because that seems to be the way that I'd name the universes. But uh, Muppets are a strange creature, to say the very least. Yeah. What kind of research, um, what kind of things did you dig up, dig up in your research? You mentioned that you were looking a little bit into the history of. So I did look into the history and f- there was a few things there, but not really anything deep lore worthy. So I tried dipping into the other forms of media. Mm hmm. And I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole that I didn't expect. Ooh, do tell. I thought the Muppets. So I've I've seen episodes of Sesame Street where the Muppets show up. Right. So I figured, you know, okay, that Muppets and Sesame Street, they're very similar. That makes sense. I didn't expect there to be a whole big, as you called it, the Muppet verse. Yeah. I had to stop for a minute and process that. So, so your only experience with the Muppets, Billy, has been in like Sesame Street? For the most part, yeah. I've only been really exposed to the Muppets in the form of Sesame Street. I have mm. seen some shows of the Muppet. I think I okay. might have seen a movie, but... Like some of their skits and stuff? Yeah. I've never really like sat down and watched a bunch of Muppet stuff. Okay. So most of my experience with the Muppets has actually just been in like the Muppet films, a couple of them. Okay. But it's really, once you get into like the Muppet films, so the... There are layers to this. The Muppet films are, from what I can, from what I found, are all, like, wholesale are performances put on by the Muppets. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, there's the Muppets, the characters, and then there's the Muppets, the actors, and then there's real life. So, like, there's levels here. There's layers. And in all the Muppet movies, the Muppets, the actors are playing the Muppets, the characters. So the Muppet movie, which is ostensibly a story about how the like the Muppets group got together kind of for the first time, like that first little. Have you have you heard the have you seen the like the first the Muppets movie? I have not like the seen. Road trip? I have not seen the first Muppets movie, but I do know of it. Okay. In that show, Kermit the Frog meets Fozzie Bear and they go on a road trip. And this road trip, uh, basically over the course of this trip, they they kind of get together this big this big band and eventually they they make a show. But the show, like the movie, the late it is it is one step down. It is a performance being acted out by Kermit and Fozzie and all the performers presumably telling the story of how they formed their little their little group. Interesting. Yes. And this seems to be a running theme. Like like you said, the Muppets are a are, like they do absurdist self-referential like acts basically, right? Performances. Yeah. 
And that seems to be the running theme for all of their shows, like all of the Muppets media that we consume is a performance put on by the Muppets, the group. The question that then sort of generates from that is, what are the Muppets? What is true in the Muppetverse? And what is, quote unquote, Hollywood magic performed by the Muppets? It's actually, I'm going to use that question as sort of a segue. For the, if we have them, for the British audience out there, we do mean the term Muppet as in a blend of the words marionette and puppet, not your slang term for an incompetent person. Well, now hang on. I think that also fits. But no, I, yes, you're quite, that is something that is good to point out. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about the term coined by Jim Henson when he created the the puppets, um, like Kermit the Frog, Fuzzy Bear. Kermit the Frog. Kind of calling. Kermit the Frog. Calling all of them uh, uh, Muppets, which I don't know for sure that that is actually like, I think that that whole marionette puppet fusion is a rumor. It might be. I'm pretty sure it's just a word that Jim Henson liked. But I could also absolutely see it being like Jim Henson coined that term by mashing the two words together. He's like, oh, Muppets, that's a fun word. Jim Henson is the kind of person who's like, he would do that kind of thing. Yeah. He's very Bob Ross. What what other kind of stuff did you dig up as you were as you were looking through all this? So I I dug up and looked into uh, for a little bit the original show that Kermit the Frog came from, which was called Sam and Friends. Mm-hmm which aired from 1955 to 1961. Okay. I also, in my research, found out that Disney has acquisition of the Muppets, and they gained it in 2004. 2004 seems recent. Well, okay, hang on. It's just occurred to me that 2004 was like 15 years ago. I was going to say, Mike, it's it's 2021. 2004 was a little bit ago. I'm not that old. It's okay. It's still it's two, it's still 2007 in my heart. I've been playing an RTS from that era. <laughs> everything everything from 2007 on has just been an RTS that we're getting very bad dice rolls on. I mean, that's fair. But yeah, they uh, Disney in 2004 got full acquisition of the Muppets for a for 25 or not 25 for 75 million. Oof, that's a good chunk of change. Who did they buy it from? The like Jim Henson Studios or something? Uh, yeah, I think Jim's Hen- Jim Henson Studios. And then after that, they planned to reboot all the movies. Hmm. Yeah, I do seem to remember them kind of starting to do that. But I, when I read that, I, I was blown away that the, the Muppets, of all things, would be worth $75 million. I can kind of see it because they're very popular, but... Oh, 70, sure, for certainly $75 million. You gotta imagine that was basically pocket change for Disney at that point. Uh, I don't know about that, but... Well, if they're a multi-billion dollar company, like 75 million is literally a tenth of is less than a tenth of one billion dollars. Like that is. Oh, gosh, we don't need to get into the economics of billionaires and just how much money that is. I, for one, welcome our Disney overlords. Yeah, they're doing they seem to be doing a pretty good job. That that kind of that kind of brings us into a little bit into sort of the mechanics of the Muppets as a general statement. Because I was looking into it and there's there's like so basically there are so we've got these multiple layers, right? 
obviously up at the topmost layer, there's real life where these characters are all puppets and they're being controlled by performers and they're made of felt and stuff. And then there's the level below that where they are the actors. And then there's the level below that where they are the characters. Way up at the real life level, you have a couple different like categories basically of Muppets. You have the main cast, which is like obviously the, you know, Kermit the Frog, anybody who's named basically and has a permanent puppet for themselves for their one character. But you also have what are known as the Frackles, not to be confused with the Fraggles. Um, the Frackles are these generic monster characters. They're usually a little smaller in stature. They're usually characterized by like fur and toothy beaks. For point of reference, Gonzo was originally a Frackle. They're sort of like filler characters, usually taking on the role of, of uh, nameless baddies. They have like swappable parts, personalities, performers. The names and genders of these characters all kind of change depending on the sketch or the show involved. You also have the Whatnots, which are kind of like the Frackles, but they're more... Frackles are like mo generic monster characters, whereas the Whatnots are kind of extras, like NPCs who, you know, you've got customizable faces, clothes, hair. But other than that, it's kind of the same situation as the Frackles. The Whatnots you can actually get uh, for a while, you could get kits, like little kits to build your own whatnot. Oh, that's cool. I think at Toys R Us, and then there are some other places. Uh, there was there was a central location for it called the Muppet Whatnot Workshop. That was in New York, at least when it started. But yeah, it uh, looks like in 2009, Toys R Us retail would sell kits, so you could make your own whatnot, kind of your own Muppet character. So that's that's way that's way back up on the reality level. But to take that down a level, what does that mean for the physiology and the biology of the Muppets? Are these Frankenstein's monster sort of creatures that are being taken apart and put back together? Hmm. Or is this one of the is this a point that doesn't translate into because they have a named like category they are the frackles and the whatnots so are these a specific like species of muppet are you following me billy i am i'm puzzling over this question it's a good question isn't it it is a very good question i don't know i'd have to hmm because there's a step further than this there are a lot of there are not a lot but there are a number of muppets who are specifically I hesitate to say cannibal because we haven't really established what Muppets have different, like, what Muppets are different species. Um, but there are a couple of Muppets in particular. There's one by the name of Gene, whose stage name is Behemoth, who is this, this big orange Muppet uh, that is a, like, full costume kind of Muppet, who is, who is noted to eat other Muppets. And then there's Big Mean Carl, who is a large green horned Muppet that eats honestly just about anything, but most notably does eat other Muppets. And usually his stage performances are just a cover to eat another character. So like, what is the, what is the food chain of the Muppets? That's a good question. This proposes that there are Muppets that re either require or at least can eat. Because presumably Gene and Carl are not 
just hold, just capturing and holding on to other Muppets. Now, obviously, within the, like, taking it all the way back out to the top again, obviously these characters aren't actually consuming anything. They're They're just, you know, making it vanish on stage and it's acting out that they're eating things. But bringing that into the level of the actor, are these characters actually eating the other Muppets or are they like just their physiology is such that they can pretend to eat one of the other Muppets, hold on to them like just inside their stomach or whatever, and then later uh, let the Muppets that they've eaten out, let the characters that they've eaten out. Hmm. I'm not convinced that that is unless they're just really good actors, which could very well be within the lore of the Muppet verse. I'm not convinced that these characters are acting, that they're like pretending to eat. And yet we see the characters that they eat return sometimes. So there must be some aspect of performance to it. So taking it all the way down to the level of the in fiction in fiction, the character is using is 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 eating these other Muppets, but it's the actor that is the character that is just putting on a show. But it does make you think, how does that food chain work? Have we seen Kermit the Frog eat? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think we have. If Kermit the Frog had to eat, would he eat flies? He's a frog. Uh, Kermit is quoted to say that he eats whatever happens to fly in through the ripped screen door. <laughs> Naming flies, crickets, beetles, mayflies, horseflies, cicadas. And if he's ever having friends over, millipedes. Huh. So Kermit the Frog has definitely been eaten by... Big Bean Carl. I'm looking at footage right now. I imagine it's got to be it's got to be some sort of performance. It must be because Kermit the Frog, obviously, like the the footage that I'm seeing is Kermit the Frog in black and white. And Kermit the Frog obviously went on to do full color performances. So it must be a performance. But then so do they not eat? There is another sketch uh, from the planet Kuzbane, which We'll get into that in a hot second. But there's a sketch from the planet Kuzbane where Kermit interviews a creature called the Kuzbanian Foob, which is recorded to be basically the tastiest life form in the universe. Which implies that those creatures are getting eaten, unless that is also part of the sketch. However, in that during that interview, the Kuzbanian Foob talks about how they... Basically, they survive by rapidly evolving, or at least that's what the Kuzbanian Foob calls it. And Kermit the Frog responds, oh, evolve into what? And then you cut back to the Kuzbanian Foob, who is now much smaller and a very distinct shade of green. And they and this person, this this creature says, oh, you know, whatever's around. And by the end of the scene, this Kuzbanian foob looks exactly, looks like, and sounds exactly like Kermit the Frog. Hmm. So now that I have a different question. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Kermit the Frog the real Kermit the Frog? Or is Kermit the Frog a Kuzbanian foob? That's... Maybe Kermit the Frog did get eaten. That's along the same lines that I was thinking. All those years ago. I was thinking every time he gets eaten, what if it's not actually him and it's just a, a frog, a Kuzbanian frog. A Kuzbanian foob. 
And like the episodes where Kermit doesn't get eaten, that's the real Kermit. I like what you've proposed because this implies that Big Mean Carl, who is usually using his performances as a cover to eat another character, these foobs, these Kuzbanian foobs have been specifically stated to be like the tastiest life forms in the universe. Maybe Big Mean, Big mean Carl is hunting Kuzbanian foobs. They keep infiltrating the Muppets. The villain wasn't the villain all along. Dun, 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 dun. Big Mean Carl is taking out the Kuzbanian foob infiltrators that are trying to replace all of the other Muppets. Oh, gosh. I think that's right. That's that makes sense. I, I don't. Oh, no. I don't know where to take that from here. <laughs> I don't. I think like I we've I've, solved the mystery. Yeah, I was going to say I've never found the deepest lore halfway through the episode before. <laughs> I mean, we we've got more though. Um so uh there's a couple of different things we can talk about. For one thing, Gonzo's species because there's a running joke that like Gonzo we don't know what Gonzo's species is. But aside from Muppets in Space, which may have confirmed what Gonzo is. Oh. It's it's hard to say. So Gonzo basically okay, so remember how Gonzo started as a frackle? Yeah. Once he became sort of stabilized or whatever, like a, a consistent character. He was no longer considered a frackle. Like he was no longer called a frackle. He was usually referred to as some kind of bird or as a whatever. Like he's described as bird-like. Uh, kind of like a turkey in some places, but also specific, like turkeys are like, you're not a turkey, which is a whole other kettle of beans, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, he usually, like, there have been a number of places where Gonzo's species has been listed. Like, there's a there's a scene where Gonzo, Kermit, and Fozzie Bear are being uh, shipped to England, I think it is. And on their crates that they're, they've been stuck in, on Fozzie's, it is listed bear. On Kermit's, it is listed frog. On Gonzo's, it is listed whatever. Like, literally the word whatever. Um, and Gonzo has referred to himself as a whatever. And I don't know if that speaks to him just not being super concerned about what he is, which, you know, props to him for being confident in himself and his identity. Or if that's kind of just... Him acknowledging that there's nothing quite like him out there. During the movie The Muppets in Space, Gonzo encounters extraterrestrial life forms, which look very much like him. So just judging by the the synopsis, it does sound like these extraterrestrial creatures are the same species as Gonzo. Like they had they had lost him. And he ended up on Earth. And so they like they were trying to get him back. And eventually he just decides, you know, he's going to stay with his his friends and family down on on Earth. So Gonzo is confirmed to be some sort of alien then. Presumably, I'm willing to believe it. That said, is that on the level of the fiction within the fiction? 
Because remember, each of these shows, each of these movies seems to be the Muppets doing a performance, enacting a story or a series of events. Hmm. So is Gonzo an alien or was Gonzo acting in a story in which his character, Gonzo, was from a race of aliens? That's a fair point. And I guess at this point, at that point, it becomes kind of a, I think Occam's razor is the, is the, is the literary device. The simplest thing, the simplest answer being the correct one. Is it just, yeah, that's the story of Gonzo's family that he's, he's telling and perhaps he's written the story and then having everybody act it out with him. That seems like, you know, easiest answer is the most likely one. Yeah. Or is that Murphy's Law? Yes, Occam's Razor is the one where the simplest solution is usually the best or the right one, which is flawed. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. What are you thinking, Billy? I think I think Gonzo is an alien and that was telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also another interpretation. Yes, that is that was that was a show, but that wasn't his. It was it was a production. It wasn't his actual backstory. Right. And all those ex all those gonzo like creatures we see are the things that can evolve to look like another person oh gosh flipping everything's a kuzbanian foob these are very quickly the kuzbanian foobs are very quickly turning into the uh the scroll the scrawl from marvel <laughs> everything's a scroll oh gosh well when you've got a creature that can perfectly replicate another creature yeah you can do a lot of shenanigans with that. You're absolutely right. I'll bet you they could do that. Oh, gosh. These Kuzbanian foobs are. Holy nefarious. Did you know, by the way, Kermit the Frog has a doctorate? I did. <laughs> I also found in an interview, he made a comment about how many brothers and sisters he has. Oh, shoot. What's that number? I don't remember the number exactly, but it was it was a, a large amount. This is, I, you know, okay, so, so Kermit the Frog has an honorary doctorate in amphibious letters from Southampton College. He gave a commencement speech when he received his doctorate. During the speech, he mentions being a tadpole growing up in the swamps. Now, presuming, given the nature of the speech, like, there are some things that could potentially have been, like, jokes, but given the nature of the speech, I don't think that line that he he gave talking about being a tadpole growing up in swamps was a joke. I think it's just he's just talking about his life, which implies within the lore of the Muppet verse that Kermit the Frog grew up. As in, like, he was smaller and got bigger. He was born at some point as a tadpole or something akin to a tadpole. Which means that the Muppets must age and grow. Because there's no, there, there's no obvious reason why Kermit the Frog should be unique in growing and changing. And yet Kermit the Frog has stayed r- roughly the same for about the past 66 years that he's been in media. So I do have some numbers on the amount okay. of... On the amount of brothers and sisters he has. Yes. 
it oddly enough changes over time. Hmm. That's suspicious. So in 1994, he said on Larry King Live that he had around 4,000 brothers and sisters. Oh, boy. In 2002, in the On the Set with Kermit interview for the Kermit's Swamp Years DVD, he made the comment that he was the firstborn child and had several thousand young brothers and sisters. Okay, so well, that still that still holds to the four thousand. He he, did, he didn't specify, but he said in the thousands. He then went on to name them all. Oh, oh no. Uh, Angie, Artie, Alia, Alicia, Andy, Artemis, dot dot dot, Eloise, Eugene, Edward, Elaine, Mortimer, Mary, Millicent, Molly, Matthew, Yolanda, Yo Yo, Yaya, Yee. Mom and dad were kind of running out of names by then. Zeke, Zachary, and of course, Shlomo. Spelled Z-S-C-H-L-O-M-O. The Z is silent. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. He, and then in 2005, on Extreme (laughs) Extreme Makeover Home Edition. He was on Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Apparently. Can I find this episode on YouTube? Kermit commented to Ty Pennington, you know, as a tadpole in the swamp, I had 3,265 brothers and sisters. Okay. This was supported in 2011, where he used the same number and said, stated he was the oldest of his siblings. In his 2006 book, Before You Leap, he says he has 2,353 siblings, although he concedes that the number is an approximate as it is with all frog families. And then in... Their 2003 special, he comments to Lady Gaga, saying he's got 3,400, give or take a couple. And then on April 24th, 2018, Kermit tweeted, My folks to get wanted to give all their kids K-names, but around sibling 143 of 3,284, they gave up and moved on to different letters. I'm going to guess. Okay, so I'm going to guess that within the lore of this. So, okay, Oh, okay. I'm thinking that within the lore of the Muppetverse, Kermit just basically rounded and went on the time on the time that he said four thousand. But that doesn't that explain seems... the discrepancy with that doesn't explain the discrepancy in the other times, unless he's just literally there's so many that he cannot remember the number. Which seems I mean, fair. Yeah. I I I'm gonna elect to to believe that it wasn't due to some unfortunate untimely deaths in the family oh this just raises more questions okay so he he claims to have lived in the swamp right yes so damp boggy acidic environments felt like a puppet would not survive in that environment for long so muppets must have some or at least kermit in particular must have some kind of physiology some kind of biology that is preventing him from basically weathering in a swampy environment are muppets made of a different material than like standard puppets they would have to be in order to survive in those climates yeah so they grow so okay so they grow they're not made of the same material as puppets they must be made of some naturally grown material what kind of what kind of life forms are they because they're obviously, they're obviously, like, they're not fleshy. No, they're not. They do appear to be made out of felt of some kind. 
Yeah, because I'm pretty sure as like in the in the Muppets in Space episode, Gonzo's nose or episode movie, Gonzo's nose is described as being like slimy, basically, Mm. which aside from being upsetting, it implies there's some kind of like mucus secretion from these creatures. So they have some kind of biology. I mean, the only thing that can really jump to mind when asking the question, what would Kermit be made out of if not felt? would be the idea of a f- a frog with hair or fur. Yeah, but, you know, the problem with that is just the, like, there's a reason why water-based creatures don't typically have fur. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty that, there's plenty that do hang out in the water, but, you know, even, okay. Actually, no, that's a fair point, because there's, like, there's beavers and, and platypi, platypuses, platypeople. Platypus. I think the I think the plural of platypus is platypus. Whatever those creatures are, where their fur is like this coating of of stuff that they naturally sort of secrete. That would explain how Kermit the Frog could have could be made of a material that is similar to felt, but still survive in a swampy environment. If he secretes some kind of like oil or something that helps repel water. Man, how did these Muppets even get made, though? Did they evolve from their like their own line or or did Kermit like the Muppet the Muppet frogs evolve from frogs? That's a good question. And what and what universe what what universe did the Muppets were the Muppets made in because to have matched so closely with our universe and yet there are these sentient puppet creatures running around. I mean there's the interesting question, which is, what if Kermit all along wasn't necessarily a frog? He's just an alien that looks very similar to a frog. That's possible. He's always described as a frog, but I guess, you know, unreliable narrators, just because Kermit doesn't, just because Kermit describes himself as a frog and when people call him a frog, he he lets that, you know, lets that go. It doesn't necessarily mean he is a frog, you know. Oh, hmm. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog. What if you're not a frog? You're something from outer space. Kermit the Alien here. Kermit the Alien just doesn't have the same ring. No, it doesn't. By that logic, though, did all the Muppets come from space? That's a good question. It's obvious in the Muppet universe that they have access to interplanetary travel. Yeah. Because they have... Specifically, there's the planet Kuzbane, which Kermit has gone to and done interviews with creatures that are on there. Um, the Kuzbanian Foob is not the only creature that Kermit has interviewed from the planet Kuzbane. It's just the first one that came to mind. But there has been plenty of space travel. Now, admittedly, a lot of the space travel has been things unlike Muppets in Space, where it's a performance being acted out by the Muppets... So maybe that's maybe those performances of space travel, maybe those that space travel stuff is all, quote unquote, Hollywood magic. Maybe you mentioned Kermit's the Frog's Twitter and man, a lot of the Muppets have an active Twitter. You've got like your uh, your your the ones you'd expect Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo the Great. But you also have flipping Uncle Deadly has a Twitter. 
Which, do you even know who Uncle Deadly is? No, I do not. Here, let me... That's the Twitter handle. Check check out that Twitter page. That is an actual Muppet on the Muppet Show. As an actor, one must always stick to the script. Unless you have the genre-defying star power of Miss Piggy, then you can improvise. <laughs> or typically ignore the script completely. Never underestimate the power of a good style. With the right wardrobe, anyone can be anything. Except Gonzo the Great. He's always weird. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Stetler and Waldorf have a Twitter. Scooter's got a Twitter. Rizzo has a Twitter. I feel like we have more questions than answered this time around. But honestly, that's... I think we've... I think that's at least partially because we kind of found the... Like, we figured out what the deepest lore was right in the middle. Yeah. Because I think that's right. And... Especially, especially because like now that Disney's got Marvel, it's not really, it's not that Marvel had the, the monopoly on this, uh, this kind of plot where, where creatures that can do, can copy other creatures, you know, shape changers, face changers kind of thing, face snatchers. But gosh, like, I think you're right. I think, and I think that explains like that also explains why there are weird creatures, weird Muppets that the other Muppets are just okay with that literally eat other Muppets. Because otherwise, why would you let Gene into the studio? Yeah. Why would you let Big Mean Carl back onto the set after he literally ate somebody? Unless the person that he ate was a Kuzbanian foob that was trying to steal the show. Steal the show. Do you have anything else today, Billy? I do not. We'll have a shorter episode then, I think. Best to best to end the episode rather than just rambling on and on. Yes. Good heavens. The Kuzbanian foobs. Well, dear listeners, it is that time again. We, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, let us, let us know if you, let us know what else you've got. Let us know your other, other ideas about the physiology of the Muppets. Cause I think that's honestly one of the strangest parts about the entirety of the Muppet verse is that there's, there's, there has to be some kind of consistent physiology. Follow us on Twitter at deplorable or get in touch with us at deplorablecontact at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And you will hear from us next time. Bye bye. <laughs>